0: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode 207 of the YLP podcast. And before we get into, of course, what you came here for, which is another installment of last week, this week, where I do talk about NXT's uh, episode from last week and get you primed and ready for tomorrow night's episode of the Black and Gold Brand, I want to give you an update On what has been going on with Shad Gaspard. I did say yesterday, uh, this was the top story I had for episode 206 um, from yesterday. If you haven't checked that episode out, please do check out that episode. Uh, You can check it out on all different types of platforms ambiguouspodcastsolutions.com, anchor.fm slash Young Lions Perspective, anchor.fm slash Special Addict Radio, and anywhere else you can find this podcast. I spoke about Shad Gaspard. And what had happened to him yesterday, him and his son were out in, I believe it was Santa Monica. Uh, I want to confirm that just to be on the safe side. Uh, actually uh, Marina del Rey beach in Venice uh, beach yesterday. My apologies. Um, and we spoke about what happened, uh, the situation with him and his son swimming. Um, both of them got caught in a rip current. Lifeguards came out. Gaspard instructed the uh, lifeguards to rescue his son first. And unfortunately they were not able to, um, get to him in time now um it has not been ruled out that he has perished as of yet um and we'll discuss it in a second but um we do what we do know right now is that um they may they have not they have stopped the search for the time being but that is not de- a definitive um to say that he has passed as of yet and i pulled up this article from CNN.com, normally I do not talk about anything uh, outside of like you know the, what I usually talk about in the news, WrestlingInc.com, HeelByNature, Mandatory.com, WrestleZone, all those different sites, but uh, this was the most recent article that had come out, so I wanted to kind of do this as having a, a most recent article, but let's get into the article from CNN.com. Former WWE star Shad Gaspard is missing after he was swept out to sea while swimming. This was written by Alicia Lee, literally about less than two hours ago. Former WWE star, Chad Gaspar, is missing after he was swept out to sea while swimming at a California beach, police said. Gaspar, 39, was at the newly reopened Marina del Rey Beach in Venice on Sunday. He was swimming about 50 yards from shore, Los Angeles police said. Quote, when last seen by the lifeguard, a wave had crashed over Mr. Shad Gaspard and he was swept out to sea, the department said. If you've seen him, please call 911 or DM family. His wife, Silly. Sil- I can't speak. I swear, English is hard for me. Sillyana Gaspard said on her Instagram account. The same message appeared on the wrestler's Instagram. One of the photos showed Gaspard in a swimsuit standing on the beach. Pono Barnes. Ocean lifeguard specialist with the Los Angeles County Fire Department told CNN Mm -hmm. that two swimmers got caught in a rip current uh, current Sunday, and one, a young boy, was rescued. Gaspar's family issued a statement Tuesday thanking the first responders who saved his 10 year old son, Aryeh, and who continued the search for the wrestler. Quote, Shad is a fighter, a warrior, and a magical soul. We are hoping and praying for a safe return as a family. We thank you all for your concern and well wishes. Please continue to keep sending your positivity and prayers to our beloved shed. The Gaspard family said in a statement to CNN, the U.S. Coast Guard, Los Angeles County lifeguards and Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department are all looking for the swimmer, said Trina Schrader, a spokeswoman for the Sheriff's Department. Weather permitting, we'll look for him in the air, Schrader added. We're using all resources to try to recover him as soon as possible. Los Angeles County reopened its beaches last Wednesday for physical activities, which includes walking, running, and swimming. The beach had been closed to combat the spread of the novel novel coronavirus. A Twitter account for the Los Angeles County Fire Department's Lifeguard Division said they performed 452 ocean rescues between Friday, May 15th and Sunday, May 17th, marking a busy weekend at the beach. Gaspard is best known for being a member of the wrestling team Crime Time with fellow WWE star JTG, which debuted in 2006. After leaving WWE in 2010, he pursued an acting career and has appeared in films like in films in the films Think Like a Man 2 and The Last Sharknado. It's about time, according to IMDb. So that is the most recent report that I found from CNN.com. And about Shad Gaspard. Now, like uh, it, we have said. I have stated before, um, it has not been ruled out that he has perished as of yet. Um, this is the most, uh, like I said, uh, most recent report from um, from uh, CNN. We we do not know if you know. Again, we have not ruled, there's has not been ruled out that, it has not been ruled that he is dead as of yet. So, now, looking at the uh, report from NBCnews.com, um, maybe we can get a little bit more light. Now, of course, it has a lot of what we had said before, but um, I want to get a little bit into the article. Now, from NBC News. Um, The fire department said it received a call about two missing swimmers, one a 10-year-old boy. The child was found and did not require treatment at a hospital. L.A. County lifeguard is leading the continuing search for the second swimmer, reported to be the adult father of the first patient, the fire department said in a release. A lifeguard racing to the water in hopes of pulling the pair to safety. He was going to try to rescue both, L.A. County Fire Department lifeguard section chief Ken Haskett said. But the father, in his last few words, said, save my son. Gaspard pushed his son to the lifeguard before he got pushed back down under a wave, and that's the last he's been seen. After failing to find him Sunday, rescuers with expertise in underwater operations use Sonar to continue their desperate search on Monday. But Haskett told NBC News that the hopes of finding the missing swimmer are alive are fading by the moment. It's it's a very, very narrow chance of that happening, he told NBC News. Gaspard's wife, of course, Ciliana Gaspard, posted on the Instagram story, asking for help in finding her husband. She uh, shared a post calling Gaspar to fire with a magical soul. A fighter with a magical soul. My apologies. We are hoping, praying for a safe return. As a family, we thank you all for your concern and well wishes. Please continue to send your positivity and prayers to our beloved Shad. So, now this is actually a more recent article. So um, It's interesting to see you know, the developing situation that we have going on right now uh, within this whole entire situation. Um, Like I said before, we, there has not been ruled uh, a death as of yet. They're still in the search for Mr. Gaspard. And we here at the Young Lions Perspective, the YLB podcast, um, do hope for his safety. Um, we do hope that he is found. And that hopefully, you know, he is able to be found and get back to health as soon as possible. Um, it is a very dire situation right now, given the fact that of, of it, what's been going on, especially since, um, you know, something like this just came out of nowhere and really just, you know just happened. I mean, it's just a father and son swimming, and you know... Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, you know... And now we're in a situation where we do not know if he's okay, if he is able to be found, anything like that. It is a very, very rough situation, and like I stated, any news I do find... Um, I will be able to discuss on Friday since I uh, do not do another podcast. Uh, Until then, um, if anything comes out, I will probably do something maybe on an IG live video or something like that. I'll keep you guys as posted as much as possible. Uh, More than likely, it will be on my Instagram at young underscore lions underscore perspective. If there's any breaking news about the well-being or situation um, involving Shad Gaspar, but we do hope at least I do for sure, that um, he is able to be found. Because the last thing I think any child um, wants is their father to perish before they do. Um, as a twin brother, um, the last thing I would want to lose is my mother or my father um, to something as tragic as that. Now, I mean, my mom hates crowds and doesn't like going to the beach anyway, and my dad... Um, I don't think he's a fan of it either. Plus, he's also a very, very uh, hardworking medical technician. So um, the possibility of that happening is slim to none. But still, the thought about that, you know, possibly losing a parent um, does cross my mind. And it does suck um, to think think about that. Hopefully, the L.A. County uh, Fire Department um, lifeguard division are able to find him, get him back to safety and try to treat him as soon as possible. I mean, something like that. Uh, water getting into the lungs. Him, maybe, you know, you know, because that timetable is dwindling. The time is, you know, it's like like I said on the uh, article in CNN. It, it's a very, it's now the window is slowly closing, and the last thing you would want is for that window to close, and him not being able to be found and pretty much found at the bottom of the sea dead. Um, we're not gonna think like that because that is not us. Um, we are going to. Keep our hopes and uh and thoughts with Chad Gaspard again. He has not perished as of yet. It has not been determined that he has been ruled dead, um as far as we know right now. And any news that I can find or do find out, whether it be in this particular episode of the podcast or if I find it afterward, um, it will be posted on my Instagram, um, and my Twitter as well. If I can, if I'm able to swing it, but. Do keep this in mind, you know, I mean, especially when beaches are opening, um, a lot of people are, are, you know, like they said, it's 452 ocean rescues alone just from this past weekend. So they were a very busy team. Uh, that was just in Venice Beach alone. So as as like, and especially with Memorial Day weekend coming up, I know a lot of people are going to be going to the beaches. Uh, as far as I know, um, I think in New York, I think they're trying to get the beaches open. Um, But they're really getting a little wonky with what they're trying to do um, with not wearing mask on the sand or the water. If you're not in there, you're wearing a mask outside. Um, In Florida, I know it's just wide open. I know South Carolina is kind of the same way. Texas, I'm sure, will be the same way. But hopefully this kind of sheds a light on, you know, water safety out there. And making sure that you are, you know, as safe as possible when you're out there at the beach. Um, again, this is a very, very, up, you know, concerns concerning situation for all those involved, and for all of us who are fans of crime time like myself back in the early two thousand back in the mid two thousands. So, as of right now, he has not been ruled dead. Um, they are still in the search for him, um, as far as we know. And like I said, any news. That I do find, whether it be in the you know the recording of this episode or whether it be after, I will easily put up on my Instagram and if I can swing it as well on my Twitter. Um, but that's the latest on what's been what's going on with Chad Gaspard after the um, him and his son being swept up by a rip current. And um, hopefully they are able to find him, get him to safety, get him to treatment he needs, and he can get a full recovery so he can continue to live on in magnificence. With that being said, ladies and gentlemen, this is episode 207 of the YLP podcast. And with that being said, let us begin. What's going on guys, Zach the rest of podcast here and welcome to episode 207 of the YLP Podcast. So glad to have you guys here with me on this Tuesday evening and I hope you're enjoying your day, your night, your afternoon, and your evening. Wherever you may be, wherever you are in the world. Thank you guys so much for joining this episode of the podcast and as always, I greatly appreciate it. I'm actually here today with my official co-host. Miss Marley, and uh, she wanted me to get this out of the way because she's up my ass in the last 10 minutes. Wanted to remind you guys to um, make sure you do get your adequate amount of exercise, make sure you uh, get uh, your adequate amount of sleep, drink your water as much as you possibly can, at least a gallon a day, and um, apparently, according to Ninja over here, uh, make sure you treat yourself as much as you possibly can in the form of treats, um, as she likes to put it for some new reason. Also, I'm sitting here with my mother. Hello, Mom. And Yeah, yeah, she's just sitting here just doing whatever she does as well as my mother. Um, but yes, it is Tuesday, and that means another installment of last week, this week, where I I talk about last week's episode of NXT and get you primed and ready for tomorrow night's episode of the Black and Gold Brand. Dare I say, I was not expecting what we got. Now, I already was told spoilers of certain things. Now, as y'all know, I do usually watch NXT the day of me recording of said episode of last week, this week. That's not because I, you know, I'm just a lazy bitch that just likes to chill on the weekend and enjoy himself and just watch, you know, reruns of every college football game on demand. Or whatever it is that I do. I like to do it day of because it stays fresh on my mind and I can kind of pick from, you know, certain things a little bit easier in order to, you know, keep it as fresh as humanly possible. Excuse me. But, as we always do on pretty much every episode of either Last Week This Week or Light The Fuse, we, wanted, we always start with the most important thing that came out of this episode. And the most important thing that came out of this episode from last week was the fact that on June 7th, Sunday, June 7th, which is literally less than two weeks away, we are going to have, for the first time in many, many moons, <laughs> many, many moons. I believe it's like 97, 98. We are going to get an in-your-house pay-per-view. That is right, ladies and gentlemen. Last week actually marked, actually last Thursday, um, marked the 25th anniversary of the very first in-your-house pay-per-view. Now, Triple H and Shawn Michaels were backstage in the production area to inform us that William Brigo could not make it uh, uh, last week. Um, but the announcement was set for tonight, and it needed to be made, so they were here to give it. Uh, Triple, uh, Shawn Michaels replied, Hopefully this goes better than your 25th anniversary celebration that they had a couple weeks ago on SmackDown. But well, you to mention that. Of course, like I said, the last Thursday marked the 25th anniversary of the very first WWE In Your House game review. And Road Dogg just happened to show up out of nowhere. Hearing him say, In Your House. Now, he had not match on the event on that particular thing. And, uh, Razor Ramon. Uh, HBK. Had a match against Jeff Jarrett. Now, then Sean has Triple H, did you know his card? He says he doesn't recall because he lost. But that's beside the point. What's important now is that the 25th anniversary of In Your House is coming. A lot of people are stuck spending time in their houses. So it all makes sense that right now, NXT does something about that. So on June 7th, it will be NXT TakeOver In Your House. A brand that delivers once that delivers will deliver once again, and if you ain't down with that, they've got two words for you: pig crap. That that's what they actually said. If you didn't watch um, last week's episode of NXT, Um, that's what happened. Triple H got his face shoved in pig crap, and it was all in his beard. Then Triple H has the cameras cut away, but yes, less than two weeks from well pretty much this Sunday, last, this past Sunday, we're going to get NXT TakeOver in your house. So at least um, the June TakeOvers will continue on. I believe this will be the third year in a row that we do get a June TakeOver special leading up to, of course, uh, August. Usually it will be SummerSlam weekend, which is what Triple H has described as their WrestleMania um, for SummerSlam weekend. So it is really cool to see that A, NXT were the ones who bring back In Your House, which is a honestly something that a good amount of people have been clamoring for for some time. Now, I'm sure in very quiet circles, this was a thing. Me personally, I love In Your House. I think In Your House is one of those pay-per-views where we got really, really solid matches. And one that usually always comes to my mind is the, um, the Final Four matchup. If I remember correctly, that was Austin vader undertaker and brett hart from the royal rumble back in that january um that would determine i believe that was actually for to determine who would go on to some, wrestlemania to fight for the wwe championship um this is a really big deal and it's kind of funny how and we're gonna keep saying this more and more as more and more things like this come up how does nxt bring back in your house but somehow, some way, WWE doesn't even bother to even bring back freaking Bash at the Beach or Halloween Havoc. They literally have all of these wonderful, wonderful um pay-per-view names that um you know we could have had Super Brawl, um, sold out Starcade was is one that fans have been clamoring for. And it has literally been nothing more than just a stadium TV special, which is bullshit because Starrcade is literally one of my favorite uh, pay-per-views ever, Um, especially when I was a kid watching WCW back in the day when I only had one hour to do it because someone had to go to school in the morning. Yeah. Um, But this is a really big deal. In Your House, of course, brings back the nostalgia, which is what NXT likes to go to sometimes when they're able to do it. Do not be surprised somewhere down the line if they just pull a Halloween Havoc out their ass or a Starrcade-type show or a Super Bowl-type show. It's it's just really weird how NXT always brings that innovation while the main roster rests on whatever the fuck laurels they have and give you shows that barely clip 2 million viewers a show every single week. It's kind of embarrassing, honestly, if you think about it. If I'm Vince McMahon... And I hear that NXT TakeOver is doing in your house something that I created, something that I brought together. I would feel some type of way about that. But then again, Vince McMahon is about 78 million years old, senile as fuck, doesn't know his uh, hand from his butt cheeks, and um, just gives you absolutely nothing. Because for some reason, somewhere down the line, Drew McIntyre and Jinder Mahal are probably going to fight for the WWE Championship, and I will ex- you know, excessively vomit all over the place and even my dog hearing me say about Jinder Mahal is um, for for just one second almost looked like she was about to leave the chat but that's a really big deal it's a really cool thing and a lot of people who watch the WWE Network know all about in your house specials they've really brought out the best in that every single month before um, name pay-per-views were a thing so yes NXT TakeOver In Your House will be taking place on June Sunday. Sunday of all times. Sunday, June 7th. Live on the WW Network. Make sure you get it. Get it now. Because then you'll be able to watch it for free. And free is good. Right, Molly? Free is good? Yes, free everything is good. I know. Yes, you want pets. I know. You want pets and belly rubs and loves. And everyone just loves you. They love you. Russell Attic Radio loves you the people love you, Patreon chat loves you, they think you're just so cute, yes, they think you're just so adorable, I know, I know, yeah, don't, don't get egotistic now, no. no, what, I know you want to give me kisses right now, but not the time, it's not the time, we got to do it, yeah, we got to put work in, all right, okay, so, coming off of that, let's talk about the one story that pretty much took over the entire night um, from last week's episode, which was the little story that was Timothy Thatcher and Matt Riddle. Now they opened up the show with Matt Riddle and Timothy Thatcher taking on Imperium for the NXT Tag Team Championships, and a lot of people, um, including myself, I'm assuming you know we're definitely really interested in this matchup because I did not see the swerve coming. I really thought that Imperium, um, I didn't know that, that they were actually going to take the championships. Um, now, again, I usually don't watch the shows, and I usually try not to get spoilers. Just don't try to root for myself, but I was kind of curious as to what happened. One of the guys I work with was just like, yo, certain things happen in the show. I'm like, okay, you know, spoilers aren't that bad. I'm not going to hurt myself. And yes, what ended that matchup was that Imperium, the team of Marcel Bartel and Fabian Eichner, are your new NXT Tag Team Champions. I'm not surprised by it one bit. What I was surprised about was the fact that Thatcher Turned on Riddle. Um, during the matchup, um, Thatcher was trying to um, really goad Riddle into uh, getting the tag. And it looked as, you know, he was fighting with everything that he had. Everything, that everything, he, he, every bit of strength he could muster. And he was able to get out of the reach of um, Bartell for just a moment. Bartell brought him back. Riddle then uh, monkey flips Bartell into Thatcher, which is a huge miscalculation. Um, Thatcher gets up with a grimace. It looked as if, you know, Riddle was about to get the tag. Thatcher just looks at him and he leaves Riddle to pretty much be all alone on his own, taking on Eichner and Bartell. You know, that was pretty much the last, you know. Straw apparently for Mr. Thatcher, and he pretty much leaves. He leaves the uh, goes up the ramp, walks to the back, and Imperium took advantage. Um, excuse me, it looks deserved about to hit the Euro bomb Uh, on that. Riddle stops it, powers out, hits the uh, bro to sleep. Um, on Eichner, uh, Bartel leaps into the final flash. Knee Eichner escapes the bomb again by Riddle. Bartel gets the tag. Spine buster by him with hit with a PK. They then reset everything, hit the hero bomb. And that was what it took for Imperium to become the new NXT tag team champions. Now it is the worst possible time. Given the fact that Pete Dunne is overseas due to coronavirus be damned. And now we have Imperium at the top of the mountain. And now we have somewhat of a rivalry between Thatcher and Riddle this was the main, one of the main stories, if not the main story, that carried the night. Going a little further on after the matchup, um, he gets asked, you know, why did he walk out on Riddle in the middle of their match? Riddle basically said, all Riddle had to do was knock him out so I could tap him out. Instead, he wants to do game shows, kick off his flip-flops, be all bro. I want to be a champion. But now but this hot mess, Riddle comes back there, asks what that was all about, Thatcher then shoves Riddle. Riddle shoves back. And then we got a brawl in the back. Referees and security stop. The rush in and everything. So pretty much they were at odds at this point. Um, What Dunn thought was a solid choice for Riddle turned out to be a new rival for Matt Riddle. We then go on later on in the night. We saw a backstage uh, interview with Matt Riddle. Uh, We see the bro finishing up a video call with William Regal saying he's thankful and happy. Uh, he was asked, what did Regal have to say? And he got a match for himself to go up against Timothy Thatcher later on that night. Uh, he says, unlike Sally and Pete, Thatcher's just a stupid BAM! Thatcher blindsides real. Referee hurries back over to tell Thatcher to back off. He uses a spare television screen and smashes it upside the head of Matt Riddle. Now, I've never been hit uh, hit upside the head with a television before, but I assume that it hurt like fucking hell. Um, Thatcher then says he'll see Riddle later on tonight, but possibly, you know, that may not be the case. We then get into the main, and this match actually ended up being the main event of the night. And... This match was literally, if you love graps, if you love technical, if you love technical wrestling, if you love just holds, uh, just very, very technical shit, this was your kind of match. Um, this was very, very, and now, for those of you who have never seen a Timothy Thatcher match or a Matt Riddle match or a Timothy Thatcher versus Matt Riddle match, Um, dare I say, A, watch something of this, uh, B, um, they have, and Beth Phoenix said it very well, um, they had fought, uh, on the independent scene internationally, many, many times before they even made it to, both made it to NXT at the same time, so I thought this was really cool, um, for these two to get some shine, and these two literally beat the living hell out of each other. This was my kind of match. Now, for those of you that do know me or listen to the podcast well enough, um, I y'all know I love me some strong style. I love me some technical wrestling. I love the whole adding MMA aspect into it. This match was one of those matches where, you know, just, this was just, I'm going to... It's two guys going in there, pissed off at each other, and proceeding to beat the ever living hell out of each other. Um, for what seemed like a good fifteen minutes, this was really well done. I love this matchup one hundred percent. Um, so many just out the out the gate, you had Thatcher already in the ring, staring right at the camera. You then had um, Riddle come out, just pissed. Just ready to whoop somebody's ass. Ooh, excuse me. Just ready to beat somebody's ass real quick. Ooh, excuse me. Man, the bubbles. The bubbles from the sparkling water are making me birth My goodness. Um, yeah, they literally just beat the hell out of each other. Like I said, this, was, this is my kind of matchup. I don't get these kinds of matches often. I do like the, you know, the flippy things and the, you know, And, you know, the cool stuff and all that, you know, that the kids usually like and whatever. But for my money, Daddy loves him some strong style. Daddy loves some technical stuff. Daddy loves Fujiwara arm bars. And I loves me the fact that these two work so damn well together. Again, they face each other on many occasions. So the chemistry is already there. They've already laid that groundwork. WXW, progress, all that stuff. If you've seen one Thatcher, Thatcher Riddle match... It's not to say you've seen them all, but they've both beaten the living hell out of each other. And they definitely did what they had to do early on. You know, getting in going getting into that clinching, ground and pound, you know, fighting for position. You know, of course, Riddle was MMA background. For those of you who don't know, Riddle used to be in the UFC before he became an actual professional wrestler, which I thought was very is a very cool thing. And I actually liked Riddle in, in UFC. I thought he got a bad rap, um, unfortunately released, but hey. Bees with it bees now you have a budding career in uh in the WWE, so you can't be knocking knocked do with that. Um half Nelsons, double wrist locks, um I mean they really gave you a strong style technical type matchup. Um of course the nice little Germans, you know, wrist locks and you know, it was just really, really it, it really made me just like giddy with, with happiness as like, you know, I felt like a kid again. I mean, in the end though, Matt Riddle did get the victory Um, while well, Thatcher had him in a knee bar. Um, Thatcher hammered the, uh, with kicks in the free leg. They start rolling around a little bit. Riddle handles Thatcher where he can. Um, Thatcher starts booting him and kicking Riddle in return. But Riddle somehow powers up and it was able to have enough power to get the cover on Thatcher to get the three count and the victory. Thatcher couldn't believe it. Riddle outsmarted him. And he was just... It was shocking. It was a really shocking victory. Um, Thatcher felt some type of way about it, of course, um, due to the fact that, well, he just lost and shit. Um, so that's never fun for him. But uh, he clobbers Riddle, rams his arm right into the buckles, arm breaker DDT that he calls divorce court, which I thought was absolutely fucking hilarious, right into the Fujiwara arm bar. Uh, he lets him go, only to clap on Ace again again. Riddle screaming in pain, tapping out, Thatcher Thatcher glaring into the camera. And now, maybe, Dunn possibly regrets choosing Timothy Thatcher as a backup to him. I do expect, though, somewhere down the line that we're going to be getting... You know, we're going to be getting possibly somewhere down the line. um, Dunn versus Thatcher. Um, I would love to see this again. I would love to see this again. Um, Like I said, the main event was great. That was a great main event. Um, Virgil getting a very quick, uh, interesting victory. Um, I can't wait to see this again. Would I expect Dunn to actually be in the building? For Thatcher Riddle 2, um, I would love to see it. I would love to have seen it. Now, me personally, with the entirety of the situation, going back to Imperium becoming the tag team champions, it was only now before uh, NXT UK, Every everything had to shut down for Pan... But do, do coronavirus be damned? Um It looked as if Imperium were primed and ready to become the NXT UK Tag Team Champions. Yeah, So, and uh, I believe at the time, as as far as I know now, Gallus is still your NXT UK Tag Team Champions right now. So, it looked as if Imperius and Gallum were going to take on one another, given the fact that uh, Coffee and Vulture had already faced each other uh, once prior to. So, it would only make sense that you would have Imperium then take the titles away from uh, Mark Coffey and Wolfgang. Um, It would make all the sense in the world for that to actually happen. Uh, So this, I guess, is kind of a... um, a Kind of a compensation, like a a little bit of a prize. You know, say, hey, I know NXT UK is kind of down right now. But what we're going to do is um, we're actually going to... um, give you the NXT Tag Team Championships instead and let you run with them for the time being. And honestly, I'm not mad at it one bit because now, not only do you have Imperium, you have the Undisputed Era, you now have, um, you know, I forget, damn, I forget that name already. Share, um, from Stokely Hathaway Hopefully, Dunn comes back into the fold and we get Riddle and Dunn again. I guarantee you Dunn versus Thatcher will be a solid feud whenever Dunn comes back into the fold, which is going to be absolutely fucking fantastic. Can't wait to see that. That is going to be a vibe, a mood, and a great feud all together. Just something I know that is going to happen, and I can't wait to see that once it gets down with the get-down and once Dunn is able to um, get back into the swing of things and come back into the fold at NXT. Will we be able to is it gonna happen anytime soon? I don't know. I'm not exactly sure, but um maybe we'll we may have a we may have uh Imperium Defender Championships uh within a couple of weeks. Um we're not exactly I'm not exactly sure as of yet. We do have about we have of course tomorrow night, um, next Wednesday, and I believe if I'm looking at my calendar correctly, one more episode. So we do have three episodes to build on in terms of who could be the next uh, contend- top contenders for the NXT Tag Team Championships. Moving over to dinner with the Garganos. And I think that's actually a pretty cool show. Pretty cool show. I would like to watch it off for 30 minutes and all that good stuff. But they were having a nice little dinner. Nice little din-din. Um, I believe chicken was... I don't know if chicken was on the menu for this one. I'm, I'm sure it was pasta or some shit. I was, trying to, I was honestly trying to look at the plate um, to see what they had. But... um. Of course, weeks ago, Johnny and Candace realized what they had to do to fix NXT. And now look at us. Candace, you stopped a mud hole into a freaking ninja, Casey Canzaro. I took out the 7'8", 385, uh, They watch, Of course, they're watching the replays of their matches, showing off you know, the chat block, you know, just being all types of egotistical and all that stuff. But one name that Gargano stated in this promo kind of, kind of interesting me, you know, If the, he said, if that colossal goof took Keith Lee to the limit, what does that say about Keith Lee? I think it's just as, it just says Keith is just another flavor of the month. But, and then, it, and then what I love is that they actually went back to that black and white distorted uh, camera angle that they had. If you say my name, there will be consequences. If you stick your nose in the business of a Gargano's, you will find out that it is our way or none. And of course, Candace reminds Johnny, don't forget I had a match too. I was like, of course not. Of course not. You had, I had the best scene in the house. So a five-star classic, five stars. And then you go to Candice. But those undeserved rewards keep being dished out. Me and him got to go toe-to-toe with Charlotte Flair on the same night I was giving Casey Cananzaro. Casey's not a ninja. Not a warrior. She is American, though. What she really is, and then goes right to that distortion, is an example. This is what we will do to every undeserving imbecile. That is an example Mia should take heed of. Because time and time again, Mia has lost. Yet she gets opportunity after opportunity. Why? Because she panders to fans? I refuse to be that pathetic. They don't deserve anything. Just look at the company Mia keeps. She's dating someone more concerned with everyone basking in his glory. And I love that they brought that realism out. Of course, Mia Yim and Keith Lee are a thing. They is dating. That is that is her boo thing. She like a boo bang, stand by her side like her boo thing. Boy, it's an awful song, in my opinion, than being champion. Of course, I live that life. Rode that ride and knows what it's like. The chants, the cheers, the adulation. Everyone loves you until they don't. The glory Keith wants doesn't exist. It's just a catchphrase to get fans on his side, but it doesn't last. And you're feeling empty, hopeless, and helpless. The fans are leeches that bleed you dry and then move on to the next. Keith may be the strong, biggest and strongest physically, but not mentally or emotionally. But the Johnny Gargano way is about giving people what they deserve. We want... Of course, Candace wants to show Keith and Mia what glory really looks like. And then everyone will have to bask in that. So it looks as if Candice's ride towards the NXT Women's Championship is going to have to go through Mia Yim. And of course, Johnny Gargano now is going to be gunning for the nxt north american champion <laughs> sorry y'all i actually just saw somebody get hitting the nuts with a baseball by his kid oh that was funny uh, that was a good one that made me laugh very nice very good very good that was hilarious um nothing nothing like a good a funny ass nut shot i i can't go wrong with that at all but um so now, Candice is looking to get past Mia Yim. And it looks like Gargano is gunning for Keith Lee in the NXT North American Championship. Um, I'm all for this. And this is going to be a very solid feud. Now, will this lead to matches at NXT TakeOver in your house? I sure fucking hope so. Because it's what we honestly deserve. And Keith Lee versus Johnny Gar- uh, Johnny Gargano for the NXT North American Championship. Sign me the fuck up, please. Okay? I'm all for it. I'm ready. I, I need it. I need it. I just need it. Now, I'm not going to really be talking about the uh, Undisputed Era segment. I'm going to save that for this week because that involves a match that will be going down this week. Um, so I won't get into that. Let me see what we do have here. Um, uh, we've got the cruiserweights. Ah, yes. Okay. We did finally find out who attacked Mr. Finn Balor three weeks ago. And to be truthfully honest, i I'm surprised that it happened a little bit so soon. But I think this is because this is why everything makes sense. NXT TakeOver In Your House is going to be going down in about three weeks. So why not make sure we start ramping up everything towards the 7th of June and getting ready for the pay-per-view? Smart. Very smart. Because I was not not expecting um, a TakeOver to happen in June. Um, I thought we were going to get TakeOver matches. But I wasn't expecting um, them to you know, actually take it, take it to there. And now, of course, Balor had some business to take care of in the former Cameron Grimes one-on-one matchup, but we're not going to worry about that. What we're going to worry about, though, is the fact that Damian Priest was the man that attacked Balor three weeks ago. Now, Grimes did help Grimes, uh, Bal- not Balor. Priest did help Grimes get the biggest victory of his career. Hands down, Grimes will revel in that forever. I mean, you beat a former Universal Champion, a former NXT Champion, one of the longest reigning Champions of all time in NXT. So that is a feather on the cap that Grimes will hold over Balor forever. It beats what it beats. Just make sure you thank Damian Priest when you get the award, my dude. But, so, Balor, towards the end of the matchup, had someone to control. Uh, hits the PK on Grimes. Uh, he decks Damian, hits the sling bling on Grimes, throws Balor, uh, Grimes in the ring at the count of six, leaving Priest behind. But, of course, that collapsible baton comes out, knocks Balor on the back of his knee, And it was just enough distraction for Grimes to hit the cave in and get the victory for Mr. Grimes. After that, Grimes running into the night, Priest goes after Balor directly, sliding a chair into the ring, looming over Balor, hits the Reckoning onto the chair face first and grabs the chair and takes a seat on Balor's neck. He then tells Balor, the Archer of Infamy wants to live forever. So why not take out the Prince. I just didn't realize I had enjoyed it so much, just like I did three weeks ago. Yes, Damian Priest was the one who attacked Finn Balor three weeks ago, and I am hoping and praying, and I'm probably going to be, and my prayers will be answered immediately because of the fact that we got Balor versus Priest coming up on the docket for NXT Takeover in your house. I'm all for this. Um, I know Damian Priest coming off the loss to uh, Keith Lee for the uh, NXT North American Championship. It was perfect. It, was, I think it was a perfect way to get Priest into a big fucking match. Not only... I mean, you already got a high, pro, you had a high profile match with a triple threat for the NXT North American Championship. You then had another high profile match in going up against Keith Lee, unfortunately, in a losing effort. Uh, and now you have... You go after the Prince? You go after Mr. Balor? You ain't going to hear no complaint from me about that one, Chief. Not at all. And I am all for it. Can't wait to see it. I think it's going to be a good match. I think this is going to be a fucking great build. I can't wait to see how this all comes about over the next couple of weeks as we head into TakeOver In Your House on June 7th. Big, um, I'm all for it. Now, getting into the ladies portion of the program for just a tad. Um, We've got a closer look at Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez. That tall drink of water and the cute Kiwi. I am just a man. I am merely just a man. But I do love me some Raquel Gonzalez, and I do love me some Dakota Kai. Now, in the vignette, Dakota says she cared way too much about what the fans thought of me. What people backstage thought of me. My injury made me realize something had to change. More times than not, more often times than not, I have to stop my own rehab session just so they can, so, I can, so you could be filming uh, Tegan's Road back. They didn't care about me. So when I returned, being in the shadow of others, that moment told me it was time for a change. The attack on Tegan was just the beginning. It felt good. Tegan won a revenge in Portland, but that was my stage. My career went to a new level with Raqqara's appearance. Raquel's all muscle and the new dominant force in NXT. but more importantly, she's the only woman I can trust. Raquel comes up in a dope ass chopper which I believe I saw on her Instagram I believe it's raw uh, I forget what it was called. Uh, but I did see that on her Instagram Now Raquel states that she and Dakota share a common bond. They both to know it they both know what it is to be outcasts. be warned. We're in the hurt business, and business is going to be good. So it's going to be only a matter of time to see what's going to happen with uh, Dakota and um, Raquel going forward. One thing I wish WWE—I'm I'm talking about the whole company as a whole—did, and I've been a and I, and I gave you sheer genius last year with the booking of you know. How we would get to SummerSlam last year with Sasha and Bayley holding the women's tag team championships, uh, all the way to SummerSlam, and Asuka and Kyrie being the ones to take it from them after a very lengthy title reign. I gave you gold in that shit. I gave you straight up gold. Actually, this is this year. I gave you gold. Was it last year? I don't fucking remember. It doesn't really matter. I gave y'all gold. Gold. Involving every major tag team that they had up to that point. Matches with Fire and Desire, The Iconics, Nia, Nia Jackson to uh, Tamina, a preview of what it could have been like with Four Horsewomen versus Four Horsewomen in the form of Duke and Shafir versus Banks and Bailey. I gave you sheer fucking genius. I would not mind. Seeing a team like Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez vie for the women's tag team titles. The funny thing is about this is that now, pretty much ever since WrestleMania last year, um, it is a straight-up dead division. And I have argued this with a good amount of people. Even one of the guys I work with, he thought that the Iconics winning at WrestleMania was actually a good thing. Me personally, and I will defend this until I die, was the worst thing you could do, and that actually was the final nail in the coffin for the women's tag team division before it even started, because of the simple fact that I stated I will say it once, and I will say it a thousand fucking times: long, dominant title reigns, especially when it's an inaugural championship, add prestige to the championships and give notoriety to the team that would defeat Banks and Bailey in the long run. Did that happen? No. The the titles now are really merely an afterthought. I mean, yeah, Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross hold the belts, but honestly. And the Iconics came back, and this past Monday night on Raw apparently, Bliss and Cross defended the tight titles. Happy fucking birthday to you! But the division doesn't matter anymore. A team like Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai would have been A kick ass top contenders for the Women's Tag Team Championships. I would have been all for that had they faced Bliss and Cross. Because here's the thing the Women's Tag Team Championships were supposed to be defended on Raw, SmackDown, and NXT. Was it not? And if I'm wrong, please do let me know. Voice comments. You know, give me a little voice message and let me know if I'm wrong. But it seemed like Gonzalez and Kai, I thought would have been, I think now actually would be a solid um, top contender for Bliss and Cross for the uh, championships. I mean, who else you got? What's the harm? Just saying. But to round out last week's episode of NXT, we'll finish off with the Cruiserweights quickly. And, man, I have to say, Group B did not go the way I thought it was going to. (laughs) It sucks. It fucking sucks. I'm so mad. But I'm not as mad as I thought I would be. This Cruiserweight Championship Tournament, I honestly think uh, Group A... To me, still, I think it's still in the bag. Feel me? I think it's still in the bag for Kushida. Now, Group A, of course, we had Nice versus Atlas um, in their uh, in their final leg of the tournament, uh, in which Atlas defeated Nice and moved Atlas up a two and one, which I kind of figured uh, would probably be be a thing. Um, and uh, I believe Nice actually drops to 0 and three. So, and as far as far as I know, he will end up being the only man in the tournament to have lost all three of his group matches. It will make sense once we get into Swerve versus Gallagher when we get to that point. A little bit of foreshadowing, saying, um, yes, Atlas did defeat Nice. And by the way, I have to say that cartwheel DDT is absolute money. It is it is so damn clean, so damn clean. It is such a is so clean. Excuse me, Jake Atlas. I um he is. I've really warmed up to Jake Atlas. I really have. I think he really has a nice little skill set, Uh nice little move set. I should say he has a nice move set. I like his entrance. His gear is, I mean, he's, he's, he's flashy, but it's not overly flashy, you feel me? Um, He makes it work. Now, he's still growing his moveset. Over time, he will still grow. But at least a two-in-one for your first um, foray into NXT? To win two out of your first three out the gate? Hey, that ain't nothing to sneeze at, people. That is nothing to sneeze at. Ain't nothing to sneeze at at all, ladies and gentlemen. It's really cool to see. I'm really happy with the fact that Atlas is getting some shine. I was really concerned about Atlas because, you know, we never really heard of him before. I had never really seen what he was made of, you know. But you know what? Hey, that's impressive. He impressed me thoroughly. I'm very happy with how he's done. Um, and now the possibility is there for a kashuda Maverick Atlas three-way tie. Now, Here's how things would pan out with Group A if Maverick does beat Kushida next week. Now, if my mind serves me right, Atlas did beat Maverick in their, fir- in their first group match. So that would pretty much take out Maverick in the running for the time being. If Maverick somehow beats Kushida, I believe if I'm right, um, Atlas would win the group, if I'm not mistaken. I'm, I'm not exactly sure what the tiebreaker was. Let me think Kushida beat Atlas Atlas beat Maverick and Maverick beat Kushida. I'm not exactly sure how that would work out. Um, But if I had to guess, I would say trying to think is then it would either be Atlas taking the group or Maverick winning the group. But by proxy of that, Atlas beat Maverick. So Atlas would win the group, but Atlas lost to Kushida. It's it's too much math. Um, I say it would be a three way tie for the division. Uh, in the group, I would say, with each man getting a victory over someone else. Um, but then Kushida did beat Atlas. And that's the reason he has a 2-1-1 record. Um, all Kushida has to do is just win. Kushida wins. He wins the group. Goes to the championship. I'm have still, i still running with Kushida to be the guy from Group A to be in the final. I think he's just the best man for the job. Um, Maverick will go down to 1-2. Jake Atlas would just be a hair shy of winning the group. Um, I think I still think Kushida would go to the final. But if that if Maverick somehow beat Kushida, that also gets into a lot of things. And we'll, of course, get into uh that in the next segment for this week. As far as group B went, Swerve and Gallagher had their final matches. Uh, their final leg of the uh, tournament. Now, if Swerve actually won, I believe that would have brought him up to 2-1 and one and would be literally in the driver's seat. Um, it would, yeah, it would actually put him in the driver's seat it to win the group. Um, unfortunately... Nice attacked Swerve prior to the match. He was making his way to the ring. Nice attacking Swerve, sending Swerve into the steel steps. Uh, apparently, um, Nice heard the words that uh, Swerve had said prior to his, uh, his matchup. Basically, he was saying, uh, it was asked about, you know, his match against Gallagher as a winner-go-home scenario, and asked what will it take for him to stay in this tournament. He said confidence, and I have a lot of it. The way I've been moving in the ring has been so smooth and innovative, I feel untouchable. Fantasma found that out real quick. Fantasma thought he was going to run through this division, but I stopped that. Now the task at hand is Gallagher. We know how that's going to go. I'm not someone who isn't even going to get a single win. If he couldn't get a single win, he quit wrestling altogether. Of course, he excuses himself to go to protect the house. Swerve's house. So that's why... Nice actually attacked Mr. Swerve himself. Nice felt some type of way about being winless in the tournament and told him, and after the attack, said, You'll never have this point through the Championship." Championship. is a bit confused by why Nice did this, but he's not going to complain because pretty much he has a hurt Swerve to deal with. And in the end, of course, Gallagher did get the victory with a rolling elbow, it being too much. For uh, Swerve to handle, of course, he was fighting throughout the entire matchup, had the house call, thought he had the victory, only got a two count out of it, but it was but it was too much to handle from uh, Mr. Gallagher, and Gallagher moves up to one and two, Swerve drops to one and two, but of course, Gallagher was already mathematically eliminated from the tournament, now Swerve is now mathematically eliminated from the tournament. And now, with Group B, it's pretty damn simple. The winner of Tozawa versus El Hijo del Fantasma will go on to vie for the Cruiserweight Championship. I did have, in the beginning, Swerve versus Kushida for the championship. I thought that would have been a solid, good-ass matchup. But, sometimes it don't work the way you want it to. Um, One half is still up there for me. Um... I'm thinking there might be doing a Phantasma Kushida final for the cruiserweight championship, and I wouldn't be mad at that at all. Um, because Phantasma has been doing well for himself. Tozawa actually has been has had a bit of a renaissance for this. And you know what? I'm not mad at it at all. I can't be mad at it. You know, it's really cool to see Phantasma get some shine. Atlas has gotten some shine. I am very proud of all these guys. Every single person in this tournament, besides and nice, the fact that he's 0-3, uh, kind of hurt my feelings a little bit. I figured everybody would at least get a victory in there, but somebody had to go 0-3 for the tournament. But at least Nice spoiled Swerve's chances of becoming Cruiserweight champion. So Nice versus Swerve will be somewhere something we we'll would see probably somewhere down the line after Take 0, probably either next week or the next week after that uh, on NXT TV. So that's what we got going on right now with the Cruiserweights. But that, ladies and gentlemen, will conclude what happened last week. When we come back, we're going to get you primed and ready for this week's episode of NXT. And there are at least, uh, I'm looking at four matches at least on the card, including two Cruiserweight matches that will determine who will go on to the finals of the Interim Cruiserweight Championship Tournament Final. Uh, A very huge ladies' uh, women's division matchup, as well as a matchup that, would be a little strange to some, but for one person, it's just another day in the park. Of course, get yourself a drink, walk your dog, receive, relieve yourself in the facilities, and uh, come on back. Because then we'll be talking about what's going down this week. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. and we are back with episode 207 of the ylp podcast and now we get into this week's portion of the program talking about what we got coming up for nxt tomorrow night and we got a good amount of matches to uh discuss before we uh end this episode First one being Dexter Loomis is going to be going one on one with Roderick Strong, which is a very surprising and interesting matchup. Uh, Dexter Loomis being quite the thorn in the side of the Undisputed Era as of late. And this kind of came about in a way of a video call with, of course, uh, the fourth missing member of the Undisputed Era, that being Mr. Kyle O'Reilly due to the fact that A, he does live in Canada. And his country is pretty much locked down and quarantined. So, they had a video call. Uh, Pretty much just seeing how everyone is doing and all that. Of course, you know, they miss seeing each other because it feels like forever. But how has the movie role been going for Kyle? Apparently, Kyle has been in a movie. I guess that's their way of getting Kyle away for a while doing coronavirus. Be damned. Uh, setting the stage, he says, The world's greatest athlete in me, Daniel Day-Lewis, DeVito, a bit of a buddy comedy meets Ghostbusters meets Titanic. It's all so amazing. Kyle's in, yells, uh, yells at someone for his latte. Bobby Fish joins the call. Um, you know, he misses his pals. And then Joe, Ryder Strong joins the call, and Strong has his Fitbit. Uh, Kyle, uh, you know, they're saying Kyle looks so different with the beard. He looks like Tom Hanks in Castaway. Um, but Kyle says he loves what the rest of you guys are doing on NXTs to destroying the Velveteen Dreams dreams. And uh, Cole embarrassing the crap out of him. Uh, Dream is a joke. But speaking of embarrassing, what Dexter Loomis tried to do to Roddy and Bobby? Who even is that guy? What's his problem? Someone needs to take care of that guy. Kyle gets an idea. Throw up a name on who should take Loomis out on three. One, two, three. Roddy! They all agreed. Time to break Loomis' back. Great minds think alike. Dream and Loomis will be moved out of the way. And the Undisputed Era can run roughshod on NXT all over again. And that is Undisputed. They all threw up the UE. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is how we got our match between Dexter Loomis and Roderick Strong going down tomorrow night on NXT. Should be a good battle. Um, I am grown to like... Dexter Loomis, albeit a very, very weird ass character that he is. Um, he's a weird motherfucker. But the boy swole the shit, and um you don't want to fuck with him in a dark alley. Um uh, his Instagram is pretty dope, though. I've seen him in pictures um with several of the guys that are in Independence and the couple of guys that are in NXT. Um seems like a good cat. His character is fucking nuts, though. He is just absolutely fucking nuts. And I can't wait to see this battle. This is going to be a really good matchup, I think, for Loomis as he now enters into the fray against the Undisputed Era. Um, We'll see what pans out when we get to uh, tomorrow night. But yes, Dexter Loomis and Roderick Strong will be one of the feature bouts on NXT tomorrow night. Also, of course, we have two of the two major matchups in the Interim Cruiserweight Championship Tournament. Um, two big matchups for the simple simple fact that both of these matchups will determine more than likely who will be in the final of the interim cruiserweight championship. Um, Probably going down either. I would say you go down in a couple of weeks. Uh, They'll probably, hopefully they do have that at NXT takeover in your house. I think that would make a lot of sense for that to happen. I don't see anything else. I don't see other, any other reason why they wouldn't hold the championship at TakeOver uh, in your house. So it would just make all the sense in the world, to be truthfully honest. And um, I wouldn't mind seeing the Cruiserweight Championship being put on full display for uh, a TakeOver. I think still it would be the first time uh, an NXT Championship match will be on an NXT TakeOver matchup. NXT TakeOver card, I should say. And I honestly would love to see it because I think it deserves to be on an NXT card uh, and a takeover card. Nonetheless, um, just it deserves it. It really honestly deserves it. I think that, I, I'm not, like I said, I wasn't sure if they were building up to, but now that we have the Takeover takeover in your house going on June 7th, I'd say it's all, it all makes, makes all the sense in the world to have the cruiserweight championship final at takeover in your house uh, in a, just a few weeks. So we have Kushida, who is the who I'm still seeing as the perennial favorite for. And um, Wrestling's unplugged, um, competing for uh the spot in Group A. Uh, we already know Jake Atlas is two and one at the moment, and if um, Drake Maverick gets the victory, it com- it creates a really humongous tiebreaker to determine who would be in the final coming out of group A. Uh Kushida with a victory, of course, will be three and oh and will easily have be on the fast track to the final where he will wait for his opponent and that would be decided as well this coming week. In the form of, of course, El Hijo de El Hijo del Fantasma taking on a Kiro It's pretty straightforward at this point when, and you're in, and I've been impressed with both of these guys. Actually, I've been very, very happy with both these guys' performances. To has had a bit of a Renaissance as of late. Uh, Phantasma as well as had a, a seemingly uh, interesting uh, debut run so far as has Jake Atlas in this tournament. Um, I wasn't sure what they were going to do with Phantasma. Um, like I said, both guys are one and one right now. Winner will go to the final without question. It's very straightforward. Um, at this point, would I be interested to see a Phantasma Kushida final? I would. At that point, though, I would be interested to see what would happen. With the likes of a Kushida Phantasma final, a Kushida Tozawa final will also uh, be interesting as well. Uh, Maverick is the wild card. Again, if Maverick wins his matchup, that creates a monkey wrench in the entirety of Group A. So for that reason alone, I still have Kushida in the final. As far as Group B goes, my money this time around, I'm thinking uh, they they might go with Phantasma on this one, but I could be wrong. Tozawa would be a solid opponent in the final as well he is he is a former cruiserweight champion as well. So Tozawa is nothing to sneeze at without question. Just it wouldn't it would either way you can't go wrong. I don't think you could go wrong either way. Um if they had Maverick in the final that would probably be the most interesting out of all of them because of the simple fact that you know this is his last go in uh NXT. After this, you know, he's done. As far as we know, he's been released. Unless he wins the Cruiserweight Championship at TakeOver In Your House. I don't know how it's all going to pan out. I mean, I would love to see a Kushida Kushida in the final because I think he's honestly one of the better Cruiserweights in the world, hands down. Um, Fantasma or Tozawa is a a solid formidable opponent for Kushida. Um, Either way, I think this is going to be a very big night for the Cruiserweight division. Given the fact that, you know, we're going to see... Two all-out cruiserweight matches that will will be all-out drag-out battles because there's now spots in the line. A spot in the cruiserweight championship is on the line. This is the last two matches of the the group stages of the tournament. Winners will move on to the cruiserweight final. If I have to choose, I'm going to go with Kushida and Fantasma for this go. I think Phantasma has been heralded as one of the guys they are probably been looking at for a while now. And, of course, the vignettes and everything with that. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if it's the Kushida Phantasma final. And I think that final would be absolutely amazing, given the fact that what we've seen so far out of Phantasma and Kushida so far in this tournament. I have to say, I've been thoroughly impressed with all eight competitors. Even Tony Nice who had an 0-3 uh, go in the group stages. It, it, it made it, you know, it very exciting Um, All the matches to my were to my liking. I have not been discouraged by any of the matches whatsoever. Of course, a couple of matches last week, I would have loved to see a little goal a bit longer. But of course, time constraints and having uh, Charlotte and Mia Yam go at it, I think that would have made you know I understand why they had the matches a little bit shorter than they normally would. I think with this go around, I think they will get at least ten somewhere in around the range of ten to fifteen minutes. They both deserve good timing. Um, I'm not exactly sure what will take the main event. Uh, I know there'll be solid uh, middle of the card matchups. Um, I would probably say Maverick and Kushida will get higher billing because of the fact that it's Kushida Maverick's possible last match in NXT and maybe Tozawa and Phantasma may open up the night with a battle to determine who would be in group B since it's the more straightforward of the two. Um, Kushida and Maverick being the more, I guess, congested portion of the program. Given the fact that, you know, like I said, if Maverick wins, throws a big monkey wrench into Group A, <clears throat> excuse me, in determining a possible tiebreaker. I can't figure it out for the life of me. I can't figure out who would actually be in the final. All, all three men would have a one loss. But given the fact that Atlas beat Maverick and Kushida beat Maverick, um, then would just give Kushida a spot in the final. But if Maverick beats Kushida, a got, you know, Kushida lost to Maverick. I believe Kushida beat Atlas. Atlas beat Maverick. And Maverick would have beaten Kushida. So it's it's a little bit of a monkey wrench. I don't know what the tiebreaker would be at that point. Um, hopefully it doesn't get to that point And we can just have a straightforward uh, final with two guys who have won their groups um, respectively. So we'll see what happens tomorrow night with the Cruiserweight division. But I'm thoroughly excited with um, what they have had going on with this tournament. This, I mean, it's a little bit of a G1 mix. mixing with the Cruiserweight Classic feel. I've been thoroughly happy with what's been going on. I can't be, I couldn't be any happier with how they've gone about this tournament. Even me having my reservations as uh, to a couple of competitors who've been in the tournament. You know, I've had my thoughts about Leo Rush. Now he's been released and Atlas has stepped up. Phantasma has stepped up. Tozawa has stepped up, Swerve had, had a great tournament, Gallagher made the renaissance, um Tony Nese even though he lost all three of his matches looked good in his three. Maverick of course with the story of him trying to remain in NXT in WWE trying to become Cruiserweight champion. There's a lot of good storylines beyond here. I think that's we should appreciate the fact that they've really made this a big deal. Oh. Marley. Uh oh. All right, go lay down the floor. Okay. So we will see what comes out of tomorrow night's matchup. But the one match that more than likely will be the main event of NXT this coming, this coming Wednesday night will be Io Shirai and Rhea Ripley. As we talked about last week on Last Week This Week, we had... Charlotte versus Io Shirai for the NXT Women's Championship, and we had the return of the Nightmare herself coming back and breaking up the matchup between Charlotte and Io when it looked as if Charlotte was about to put um, Io in what I what I like to call the Brett uh, the Bret Hart spot with the figure four on the uh, turnbuckle, which I thought was one of my favorite spots ever. And I can't I couldn't be any happier with how everything went. With that, because that's like, I guess one of my favorite spots ever. Period, and it's just fantastic. So uh, we'll see how that goes. With all of that, let me see if I can find. Okay, so we did have a little segment with Rhea, going in, uh, previewing the matchup for this coming Wednesday night. She said, "Yeah, WrestleMania didn't go as I planned, and I haven't wrestled much since. I thought of Charlotte Flair walking around with my NXT Women's Championship sickens me." EO put up a great fight last week, but in the end, she couldn't get the job done. The person that will bring the title back to NXT is me. Even if I have to beat that into EO herself, I'm not done with Charlotte. But as a saying Charlotte's old man used to say goes, we've only just begun. That title belongs to me. And in customary fashion, of course, I'm going to X out of all my tabs as I normally do because we're pretty much good at this point. And I'm going to close said laptop, lay it down, phone and phone on top. Now, EO and Rhea anywhere in the world would be a fire matchup. Now, me personally, this should have been the matchup we should have seen at NXT TakeOver Tampa for the NXT Women's Championship, I believe in my heart of hearts that, you know, had we not had to worry about work visa and coronavirus and Charlotte winning the fucking Royal Rumble because of such bullshit shenanigans, Rhea Eo would have been the matchup for TakeOver Tampa for the NXT Women's Championship. And I would have had no, ma- I would have been mad about it whatsoever because I think it was the one matchup that needed to actually happen, given the fact that Bianca Belair is already now on the Monday Night Raw roster. But this leads to what I think will probably happen. The old tried and true. Charlotte coming out during the matchup, interfering in the matchup, causing a DQ, and then William Regal turning it into a triple threat at NXT TakeOver In Your House for the NXT Women's Championship. Because, honestly, Charlotte's title reign had transitional champion all over it. When we found out the news about Rhea Ripley pretty much um, having to go back to Australia due to the fact that she couldn't figure out her work visa. And, of course, that's on her for not getting that taken care of prior to. But we now understand the reason why Rhea lost to Charlotte at WrestleMania for the title. I mean this will be a good matchup nonetheless. But me personally, I mean, this is going to be one of those matchups where, you know, it's a highly anticipated matchup. This was, it was one of those things where You know, this was on my bucket list for the women's division in 2020, hands down, without question. I would have just preferred it for the title between those two instead of having Charlotte in the mix, but given the fact that Rhea had a work visa situation, Rhea had to drop the title to Charlotte. It bees what it be. So now, Charlotte's in full transitional champion mode and the only way we're going to get the title off of Charlotte scot-free is if we get Rhea or EO to take the title off of her. A lot of people are actually clamoring for EO to become an NXT Women's Champion. And I wouldn't be opposed to that. Personally, I would want to see Rhea get her championship back, given the fact that she had to lose it due to her work visa. Um, but EO... As a heel champion and Rhea being the one chasing may not be the worst of ideas. Like I said, a lot of people are clamoring for EO to become NXT women's champion. Um, I think the triple threat is imminent at this point. It just makes all the sense in the world. Given the fact that, you know. Yeah, given the fact that is going after the title that she lost. EO pretty much is gunning for Charlotte now that she never really got a chance to get, see her match through. And Charlotte, of course, being the champion again, I know we, we all know her time is probably going to be limited in the WWE NXT roster. Anyway, this is, you know, simply just to get her through and possibly get her back to the main roster. I'm saying as soon as possible, I'm sure they have plans for her, but again, the easiest way to get to take over in your house will be Charlotte attacking both ladies in an attempt to take them out, take both of them out. So that way she wouldn't have to defend the NXT women's championship. Regal makes the call for the triple threat and in two weeks and in two weeks time, then we'll get the triple threat. EO or Rio will win the championship. Charlotte will get a rematch lose, and then she'll be sent back up to the main roster on her merry way. And we go back to status quo as usual. I have no doubt that this is going to be a solid matchup. If they see it all the way through, it would be considered just a pseudo number one contenders match. Me personally, I wouldn't have done this matchup. I wouldn't have done just Rhea versus Io. I understand they now have beef because you know Io feels like she got slighted and uh, screwed out of a possible chance to become NXT Women's Champion. Um, Rhea, sees, Rhea sees it a little differently. But I wouldn't want to consider this somewhat a number no more contenders match. I would have never I would have never booked this matchup. I would have never done it. I get why they're doing it because it's just a way to get to the triple threat, but just make it a triple threat. And then you can also have Ea versus EO versus Rhea. At the same time, you know, you can then have, you know, Charlotte try to take them out regardless. So, so, at that point, then you already have everything in shape. You can have Charlotte EO Part 2, try to do it like that, have Rhea screw over Charlotte, EO beat Charlotte, and, you know, figure it out from there. But, I don't see any reason why this should be kind of considered like a... I just don't, I just don't, I just don't really know why. But, uh, I mean, I'll run with it and just see what happens. But I have a strange feeling that they're going to have Charlotte attack both Rhea and Eo in an attempt to get them both out of the way. But they're going to make it a triple threat. We'll see, we'll see what happens once we get to that point. Other than that, y'all, that is going to conclude episode 207 of the YLP podcast. Talking about last week, this week. And as always, in proper YLP fashion, we're going to close it out. In proper fashion, and get you ready for episode 208 of the YLP podcast. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. <laughs> Well, guys, that's going to be it for episode 207 of the YLP Podcast. As always, I want to thank you guys so much for taking time out of your day, your night, your afternoon, and your evening. Wherever you may be, wherever you are in the world. Thank you guys so much for checking out this episode of the podcast. And as always, I greatly and truly appreciate it. Of course, make sure you... Check out my Teespring store. Yes, I do have a Teespring store. All sorts of goodies for men, women, and the kiddies, as well as good accessories. Of course, for the fellas, I do have t-shirts, um, crew necks, you know, all that good stuff for the ladies, boyfriend tees. I also have pullovers for men and for women. It's non-discriminatory and all that good stuff, because a hoodie will do you just fine when it comes to the fall. Also, I uh, for the ladies, y'all know it is summertime, and I know y'all love these some of y'all like to work out out there, and why not get you a pair of those wonderful YLP leggings in all different colors, all different sizes, of course. And, of course, for the cheering, y'all know dang well YLP loves the kids. And we got, of course, kids and for babies and for the toddlers as well, up to, I believe, 5T, if I'm not uh, mistaken on my good stuff. Uh, accessories, I got socks, tapestries, tote bags why not you get you a nice little pair of YLP socks? Very, very comfortable. I'm sure it'll be hundred percent cotton for sure. And um, yeah, why not get you some of this YLP merch? Y'all I'm telling you support the YLP podcast by going over to Teespring.com forward slash the dash YLP collection and get you some YLP merch today. Also, if you have 17 cents in your pocket, And I guarantee you do, because I guarantee you do. 17 cents a day, equating to $5 a month, can get you to be a part of a very exclusive group chat, where you can talk to myself, Kate Murphy, King Ricky Rosé, and Will Shook of the Kings of the Rings podcast. Nate and Mr. Fretz of the Game Changer podcast, as well as the one and only The Delight himself, Matt Chappelle of The Delight Show as well as our other, other squadron we have there in our exclusive group chat, as well as checking out exclusive shows you will not find on regular Wrestle Addict Radio programming shows like Love and War, The Secret Files, and Fretz's Fail Five. And uh, speaking of uh, merch, uh, if you are an exclusive member, and I'll get to that in a moment, why not get make sure you have an exclusive discount on merch that you'll be able to find on, of course, my merch store, the YOP collection, as well as all the other collections we have for Wrestle Addicts Radio, the Original War Collection, the HBIC Collection, the Fretzel Mania Collection, the Game Changer Collection, as well as the King Ricky Rose Collection, and the Delight Show Collection as well. Exclusive discount, exclusive percentage discount on every single time you get yourself some merch. I tell you where you can get that. You can do all of that. If you join our Patreon page, patreon.com slash Wrestle Radio, again, group chat, exclusive discounts on merch, and listening to shows you will not find anywhere else but Patreon, patreon.com slash Wrestle Radio, always accepted, never expected, but if you want to consider being more exclusive and being a further supporter of the Wrestle Addict Radio movement, consider being a part of our Patreon today. If you have any thoughts, opinions, if you just want to mouth off, have a comment about today's show or any of the other shows, um, why not sound off? Let your voice be heard. Leave us a, a voice message on anchor.fm slash radio. Or if you want to talk to me exclusively, go over to anchor.fm slash Young Lions Perspective. If you're going to be on the Radio page, leave a YLP in the title with whatever topic you want to talk about, and if I like it enough, I'll have no problem featuring it on a future episode of the YLP Podcast. Of course, if you enjoy this episode, do not hesitate to tell a friend to tell a friend about the YLP Podcast. Share this episode across all of your social media, the Instagrams, the Facebooks, the Twitters. Send it in your DMs. Send it in a text message. Send it to whoever you want to. Messenger, all that good stuff. Because, you know... You love the YLB podcast and let it spread. Share the share the wealth. Spread the word, because not only do we have the YLB universe and the War Nation coming together, and not only are we the cure for the common wrestling podcast, but we are the alternative for professional wrestling podcasts, and that we are here to stay. And I know most of y'all. Mostly I you have your favorite streaming platforms, all that good stuff, you know. Everybody has their favorite streaming platforms in which they listen to, you know, a particular podcast on and all that good stuff. But if you think for one second that, you know, you can find the YLP podcast, the Kings of the Rings podcast, the Game Changer podcast, and the Delight Show with Mance Chappelle on just Anchor, please. I am here to inform you that you are sadly mistaken, my friend, because you can easily find all of these podcasts on WrestleEdit You can find them across several different platforms, including not only AmbiguousPodcastSolutions.com, you can find my podcast over on Anchor.fm slash Perspective, but you can find all the other podcasts across these different platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podcast Addict, Podbean player fm Castbox, overcast radio public stitcher radio and of course that good old spotify fam search for the ylp podcast the k the kings of the rings podcast and i don't know why there's an ice cream truck going around in my neighborhood at eight thirty at night but it bees what it bees the game changer podcast and the delight show with man Chappelle across all these different platforms and you should have no problem finding them whatsoever. if you want to stay up to date with everything that's going on with the YLP podcast, consider being, joining my socials. Join me uh, and follow me over on the Twitter machine at Suede Senator War. That's S U E D E S E N A T O R, capital W, capital A capital R I do live tweeting for AEW dynamite and I will be doing live tweeting tomorrow night for AEW dynamite. I do live tweeting for Smackdown live pretty much every Friday night, every WWE live pay-per-view and I will be doing a, I will be doing it for backlash on June 14th, every AEW live pay-per-view that I will be doing for double or nothing this coming Saturday night. And I'm very excited to be doing another AEW live pay-per-view. Always a good time with that. Every NXT and NXT UK TakeOver, and I'm glad to say I will be doing live tweeting for NXT TakeOver in your house on June 7th. Because, well, it's NXT TakeOver, baby, and and there's nothing else like it. And once we get back into the swing of things with New Japan, I will be doing live tweeting for New Japan Pro Wrestling as well. When it's 3.30 in the morning, I go to the bathroom. I can't go back to bed. And it bees with a bees with that, unfortunately. So, yes, I do all live tweeting for New Japan Pro Wrestling as well. Over on the Instagram page on my IG, the memes, 60 second thought videos, updates on when shows are coming out, or in case you missed it, post, all that good stuff. You can follow me over there at Young Underscore Lions underscore perspective. Follow me on both of those platforms to stay up to date with everything that's going on with the YLP. Podcast, And I'm going to look over to the judges to make sure I filled all my obligations for the evening. And I am good to go. So, episode 208 of the YLP podcast will be taking place this Friday night. And it is the beginning. We kick off Double or Nothing Weekend. Oh boy, oh boy, am I excited. Because on this episode, episode 208 of the YLP podcast... Y'all know what time it is. We're gonna be doing AEW Double or Nothing Preview and Predictions, previewing the entire card and making and trying to get our predictions as proper as possible. Uh, we went four and two in our uh money in the bank predictions. And not a bad night, but never a good night when you don't get either of the men's or women's money in the bank matches right. Never a good night in my book, but hopefully with this eight-match card that we know of so far hopefully we can end the month on a over 500 record and go into the month of june looking pretty damn good to kick off the summer i'm excited about it it's one of my favorite again are doing preview predictions episodes i'm excited as well as another installment of light the fuse where we'll be talking about tomorrow night's episode of aew dynamite always a good time as well as a huge announcement this coming thursday yes there will be a coming announcement on thursday and uh it does have to do with this coming weekend uh very excited to be talking about that i will have that posted on my instagram page which means you got to follow me over at young underscore lions underscore perspective to know what the big announcement is going to be again that will be taking place thursday and trust me this is something you definitely want to get into and sink your teeth into i promise you because if you don't get if you don't get in on this it may be a while before we do this type of thing again. So guys, enjoy the rest of your Tuesday evening and enjoy tomorrow night's episodes of AEW Dynamite and NXT. Get ready for the announcement on Thursday and I'll see you right back here Friday night for episode 208 of the YLP podcast. See you